0: Traveling the Vortex.
1: We've joined the Doctor and the Corsair for drinks and maybe a fight, or both, in episode 504. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys?
0: Pretty good. How about you? Hanging in there. Ready for a drink. Everybody yeah. everybody's well this week and and rearing and ready to go, right?
2: Do well. Did you guys do anything? I'm well.
0: Did you guys do anything fun?
2: I watched the Halloween Town series.
0: Oh, I love those films.
2: I had How never seen them before. Really?
0: Uh, four?
2: Yeah. There are four. And uh the the, the first two are, are a bit childish but fun in that, you know, made-for-kids, Disney Channel movie uh, kind of run. And I, I really enjoyed the third ta- uh, the third one, Halloween Town High, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, thought the return to Halloween Town where they go to college was rather abysmal.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that, that is the weakest of the series.
2: You, you can definitely see that as Harry Potter came out during the time frame they were making these, that they really shifted focus. Oh, we need to get these kids in school. And yeah. it's like, no, you, you just kept doing your own thing. That was cute. This is not, but yeah they're not bad it was a it wasn't the series i intended to do this year for halloween but you know
0: <laughs>
2: we have a five-year-old needs must we yeah. watched the muppets haunted mansion
0: yeah i was about to say the same thing that was we in fact i just watched it tonight oh what did nice. you guys think um it oh, was cute it's cute it's it's two of my favorite things it's the muppets and the haunted mansion um I think it struggles sometimes to it struggles with its story a bit um, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of neat that they hit a lot of the highlights and, the, and a lot of the points uh, that, that involve the, the lore of the ride um, there's some really funny moments but overall I just felt like the story kind of lacked a bit um, I also felt like Gonzo wasn't quite on his game and that's Dave Guez doing Gonzo, who's been doing it from the beginning. I think he's the only one left um, that actually does the voice of the character he started with. Um, it, yeah, it was it was good. It was cute. I think is a good good descriptor for it. There was it would I I kind of I laughed at a few. And I laughed at quite a few jokes, and cringed at a lot of lot of lot of them as well. But
1: well, you want some of those from the Muppets anyways. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I did like... Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh, just as somebody who's not well-versed in the Haunted Mansion lore, I think I lost a lot from that aspect of it. It almost felt too steeped in a lot of the uh, Haunted Mansion stuff as opposed to just I came to it for a fun Halloween Muppet thing and was a little disappointed on that aspect.
0: I I can see
2: that. I I, kind of feel the same way because I've only ridden it once
0: oh i've ridden it dozens of times
1: <laughs> have you never been four, you four, know
0: four of those dozens was probably in one trip <laughs> it used to be caitlin's favorite ride when she was little uh. um i did like that the uh, they did the at the dance uh, stick with the dancing ghosts in the ballroom that was very nice <laughs>
1: that was very we just clever. recently as like that night that same night finished finally going through season one of the Muppet show. so the fact that they brought that back along with uh, the ghost from Walt- the
0: <laughs> the ghost from yeah. the uh, I'm looking through you uh, number. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: when even the ones dancing in this bit were the characters that used to dance. I mean yeah, it wasn't yeah. just that they were dancing. It was the same Muppets.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah. So that that was that was a neat little callback, especially the ghosts, which I can't remember. They may be in. They may make a cameo in the Vincent Price and and or the uh, Alice Cooper one, but it was really nice to, to see them because uh, I hadn't seen those in years.
1: Yeah, they were definitely in the Vincent Price one. I haven't made it to the Alice Cooper one yet.
0: Well, the I guess I looking through you through you number was during the Vincent Price episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay, that's that's right. Yeah,
1: and I, I have to say, I don't like the the new Kermit. Uh, he doesn't yeah. does not sound right.
0: Uh, the The guy that took over for Steve Whitmire, I, the first time I heard him do the voice i would i thought oh wow this guy sound because steve whitmire sounded like steve whitmire trying to emulate jim henson and steve did it for so long that i got used to the voice yeah and so that that kind of became kermit for me after that and i was okay with that and then when i can't remember the guy that's taken over for steve but when the new guy started The first time I heard it, I thought, oh, he sounds more like the way Jim did it. And so I thought, well, this will be fun and interesting because it'll be more like it was when I was, you know, when I was a kid. But the more the, the ever since that one time I heard him every time since it's been almost it's almost like somebody told him to do it differently than he did the first time. And I'm not sure why he chose to do that. But, yeah, it's it 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 bothers me enough to take enough to take me out of it yeah well and that's just it jim was deeper than steve when he did when he did kermit he did it deeper but he's almost deeper still than even jim was at this point so
1: yeah well even so much that spoilers he was on the mass singer kermit was and i couldn't recognize his voice at all and that's a voice that i don't care if he's singing or talking and talking through a modulated voice at the very least, through the singing, you should be able to recognize Kermit the Frog's voice. Right, and I couldn't when Matt Vogel was the guy's name. Did
0: it? Oh, Matt Vogel. Yeah, that's right.
1: Which I think he's done other Muppets, so it's not like yeah, yeah. He's, he he's been. He's doing, good. He did, he did well, other stuff just fine. He,
0: he took over a couple of of Jim's other characters that uh, I think he's do. He does Statler, and I think he does Swedish Chef as well. And I think those two, and he does great with those. Yeah, I think those two are fine. I know he does Uncle Dudley in in this special as well. Um, The other thing that I've noticed is I've thought that the guy that took over for Frank Haas as Piggy, I always thought he did a really good job with her voice, but she was almost not quite on in this either. And Hmm. that bothered me a little bit. And I was chalking it up to the fact that they had put some sort of voice effect on it when she was in the crystal ball. Because I don't think she sounded so bad in the party scene, when Gonzo calls, uh, or when Kermit calls, and they are talking on the phone, but which it, the
2: fact that that Kermit and Peggy have Halloween <laughs> costumes of each other, hashtag life goals. Yeah, I mean, no, right there. Pretty good.
0: Um, but in in the not, in, not that Kermit looked happy about. <laughs> it, in the Madame Leona scene, I just it just wasn't quite right. I'm more forgiving with that one, because the, the the voice actors are very, very close. Even even Fozzie at times, every once in a while I can tell it's not Frank, but he's almost dead on most of the time.
2: Yeah. And, of course, the best part of the special was the Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem doing Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs>
1: yeah, the yeah. Oh, was, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Did you guys see
1: the video they released uh, for the whatever – youtube earth day thing was yeah uh mr blue Sky. uh i yeah. haven't
0: i haven't watched it i've got the link saved because i i saw it come across i think yesterday i think i saw it come across one of my feeds whether it was facebook or what and so i i clicked it because i was at work and was going to look at it later and i haven't got around to look at it yet yeah it's good All good
2: yeah two in one week i'm a happy camper <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anything else? You guys do anything else this week? I listened to um, Dalek Universe Two, which is the Tenth uh, Doctor Adventures uh, with Mark Seven and Anya Kingdom, and this is mm. the second mm. box set that uh, continues the series and i I thoroughly enjoyed it um they they've gone a different or they've not gone a different they've gone a direction with it that i didn't expect and in fact the third story in this box set ended up being my favorite even though i don't want to spoil it but they do something timey-wimey that i always feel like is a bit of a cheat but they pull it off in this one so that it doesn't feel so cheaty and so I actually that was my favorite story of this entire of both box sets so far is the third one in this one. But all of all of the stories and all of this has been really good. And this this box set particularly was a lot of fun. It was a, a joy to listen to. So we'll get around there eventually. And then I saw Dalek Universe Three came out la- two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. So I'm gonna get that one and uh, give that one a listen too. Anybody seen Dune yet? I haven't, but.
1: Not yet. Not
2: yet. And we, we, we are struggling with the, I really, 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 really want to go see it in IMAX, mm-hmm. and yet we do not have the available time frame to go see it in IMAX. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I, I, I suspect we are going to wind up being, oh, breaking down and seeing it, and uh, probably on HBO Max. Yeah, I was going to say, that's... Making a trip to the theater later.
0: That's, that's my plan, is to watch it on HBO Max, but I... I haven't even had time to do that yet. So
2: <laughs> we did get out to see uh, No Time to Die. Mm,
0: yeah, how's that?
2: It's quality. It is it is very very good. They do an excellent job of kind of wrapping up the uh five movie Daniel Craig story arc. Again. Um again uh which <laughs> it was an interesting experiment i don't think I, I i would like personally i would like to see the bond movies return to a standalone kind of format um i i don't think that i need a lot of plot carryover you know what i mean uh-huh. um but they do a good job with that uh it, it's got some some excellent performances it's got a um uh, a, a a really surprisingly great soundtrack. I was astonished at, uh, when they said Hans Zimmer was doing the music, you know, Mr. Bois. I thought, oh, no, he's going to do a bond movie. Okay. And, uh, no, he, he, he pulls off, uh, it's much more in line with a uh, oh, what's his name? John Barry kind of, uh, Oh, really? Bombastic, Yeah. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and there's some absolutely wonderful the wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments for the long-term fans, which I won't get into at the risk of spoiling anything. (laughs) Okay. And I will say that, um, now that this run has concluded, it is much, much easier for me to be able to pick up the five Daniel Craig movies and set them down over here in a separate (laughs) universe. Yeah. Yeah as far as their continuity goes Oh, I did that a long time
0: ago <laughs> I, I, I you know me I'm yeah. like you
2: Glenn I continually struggle to try and make everything I, fit uh, and uh, these don't so no, they're, yeah. they're their own thing now
0: yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just came to that I just came to that conclusion from my, my own self because yeah, you're right I, I try to make everything fit but just the the Daniel Craig bonds have never felt like they fit in with the rest of the continuity. And so I've always yeah. felt, I've always felt, okay, this is a different universe bond. So
2: I know it was, it was very good. I enjoyed it immensely. It's it, I don't know that it's quite as good as skyfall. I think skyfall is still my favorite of the Craig uh, run, but it would probably be just a half step below mm. and it's, you should be prepared. It is much more of a political spy thriller. Sure. Feel. Than an action movie feel, so don't go in expecting. I mean, of, of course, you know they blow up lots of stuff, but <laughs> it's a Bond film. We're not going to get away from that aspect of
0: it. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to get out this week and see it because I'm, I'm, I've been super excited for what a year and a half now <laughs> to see it. So,
2: yeah, that was the other thing. I was really worried seeing that trailer over and over and over again as it kept getting bumped to another date and another date and another date, and I was kind of like, man, I feel like I've already seen the movie. <laughs> And then it opens and the, the, the big motorcycle chase car with the machine guns and the lights, that whole bit that feels like it's kind of the finale that maybe they're spoiling all of that's right at the beginning. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, we're doing this now. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that means all new stuff later. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was, it, I got to give my, my hats off to the marketing department for, uh for pulling that one although I have to take my hat back from the marketing department for giving us yet another blase Daniel Craig movie poster <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The,
2: the Bond, Bond movie posters used to be cool they used to be something to look forward to and exciting and now all of the Craig's are here's an image of him with a gun maybe in a suit maybe in the tactical uh, you know turtleneck
0: with the title usually wrapped with around his, him and that's pretty much it
2: usually with his head cut off you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, but no, it was uh, it was quality.
0: Good. Anything else? Well, let's move on to news. Oh wait, There really wasn't any news this week. We did get the uh, second two title. Yeah. Oh well, that's true. We've gotten two episode titles since we recorded. So, uh, Chapter One: The Halloween uh, Apocalypse, and Chapter Two: The War. As uh, it's not the war. I guess it's just War of the Sun
2: Oh, boo, it needs to be The War of the Suntarns.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like War of the Suntarns, but it rolls off your tongue better than The War of the Sontarans. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's, only, that's only a Doctor one, Who that. title. <laughs> well, yeah, yes and no.
1: If it's of if it's, the something, it's,
0: it's a Doctor <laughs> Who title. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's a first or second, uh, doctor title, then it would be the War of the Sontarans. But once you get into the Pertwee and the and the Baker era, then it's it, you know they drop the the quite frequently. So. That, that's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we get an official Halloween special.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I I will I will concur now, or I will I will concur. I will back off on my statement that i made last week sean that i don't feel like this is going to be a six-parter in the traditional six-parter because when you say chapter one and chapter two that just says six-parter <laughs> so I, i'm going to give it to you i think it'll still be a little more you know short-form storytelling with a link but i think that they've pretty much definitively said yeah this is a six-part story
2: we open with chapter one it's like ah Okay. Right,
0: right. Well, I'm excited. We're uh, just about six days out, so... All right, well, let's move on to our reviews. We're going to do Missy first, since we're wrapping that series up. Yes, let's do that. Yeah.
1: I don't have a synopsis. Titan did not include one in our graphic novel. Aw.
2: So where we left off last time, Missy was escorting the Master the Delgado master around time looking for a key that would unlock a door that would reveal a piece of the key to time. So she needed a key to get the key and was taking him through all of these other incarnations and uh, exploits of other masters fighting other doctors and taking claim for all of the doctors moves quite poorly. And we kind of wondered when he was going to catch up to her and in this issue he finally did. <laughs> There's your synopsis. Yeah. That's a good synopsis. Yeah, <laughs> not not bad. <laughs> All right, Mister, you do better.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I no, it's it was good enough. Um, well, somebody else go first because I I want somebody el- well I want somebody else to convince me differently than what I think.
1: I don't think it was a good resolution.
0: Oh, good. Then not, <laughs> we're going to be on the same page.
2: <laughs> I, I thought it was the re- just fine.
1: The, the, resol- the resolution of the Master knowing that Missy is actually the Master all along was satisfying. But as far as the overall plot of I'm going to get this key to the key and just give it to the doctor, that's rather disappointing. That there really wasn't something more going on there than them, her doing a mission for the doctor essentially to prove she's good. That and the fact that the key was just a stapler and then they didn't actually go do anything with the key to get the key. It was just kind of felt like it was all a set up to be fan service and nothing else
0: and that's you you just hit the nail on the head it i i had been enjoying this run and i think mostly because of all of the beats that it hits as far as you know having delgado's doctor, or held delgado's master having appearances by the um third doctor and the 12th doctor and, you know, going through the different uh, incarnations of his life in the last episode and, uh, you know, the, the sword play between he and Missy. And I just I just been enjoying all of that. But thinking in the back of my mind all along, when are we going to get to the meat of this story? When are we going to get to the plot of this? What you know, we know the MacGuffin, we know supposedly we're going to get behind this door so we can get the key to key to piece of the key to the key to time. And it, they get to here and then it feels like, Oh, well let's do more nostalgia. Let's, let's bring the brig in here and let's bring the third doctor in again. And then let's get them on the, you know, TARDIS and have another sword fight. And and so it, it, and then as you said the the the, the you know the the master re- realizing that Missy was him you know was satisfying and I would I would agree with that but that's all you get out of this because there's there's not much more to it other than it was just a way to highlight Missy and the master together and that's really all it feels like now that we've got to the conclusion of it so that was disappointing to me i enjoyed the visuals i enjoyed the cameos i enjoyed the fan moments but overall as a story i just think it it now it falls down all the way across the board because there wasn't much going on other than this you know this weird ruse that they had going
1: for fan moments to be satisfying, they need to be the
2: icing on the cake, not the cake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sean, what
2: neither do you think? neither of you are wrong. Um, the I think problem stems from how much we enjoyed issue one. Issue one had such a great setup and great premise, and we were so hyped and so on board inevitably anything that followed it up was not going to meet our expectations based on the greatness of that first issue and issues two and three kind of were just filler they didn't really advance the plot any they were just as you guys pointed out fan moments so when we get to this one And waiting for the deliciously juicy reveal that, well, of course, Delgado's master knows who this woman is. Of course he knows that she's him. And of course there's another sword fight because, you know, you you have to. Who doesn't want to see Missy and the master squaring off in the TARDIS with swords? It's kind of been under the surface of this the whole time waiting to boil over. And now it is. It's their version of sexual tension. Yeah, in a weird way. And then the the doctor shows up with tea and cookies and, and says, no, 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 we're, we're not doing that. We're doing this. And the air is let out of it in, in such a way that it feels very much like this was a test, but what a test. I'm going to give you control of the TARDIS. I'm going to give you access to go spring one of your former selves. And you're going to hunt through a bunch of different things and find, uh, you know, this mundane object that we're going to tell him is something cool. Because obviously I'm not going to let you go hunt for a key that will open a door <laughs> to eight, the key to time. I mean, come on, but I'm going to give you all this other stuff. And in a way, I think that's incredibly arrogant of the doctor to presume that the two masters would not immediately overthrow him, that he is, you know, don't get me wrong, he's genuinely wanting to um, reform Missy and give her every opportunity to do it, but you can't tell me for one minute that he didn't have uh, another trap or some, something with the temporal state of grace or that th- there wasn't something on hand that would have tipped the balance of power back into his hands. If push came to shove.
0: Well, I want to, I want to think that he had a backup plan that he didn't have to engage.
2: Beca- yeah. Well, because if he didn't, if he didn't have that, then suddenly this becomes an exercise in extreme foolishness in my mind. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to reach down and pet the crocodile and just bank that he's not going to bite my hand off. Right. Uh, (laughs) That seems like a good way to lose a hand, (laughs) you know, and, and if you succeed, well, okay, I guess good on you. Would it work a second time? You still don't know. And, and, and Missy is very much like a crocodile sitting in the water with just her eyes, poking out with some teeth. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's a very apt analogy, I think. But if he had a, a trap or a, a reversal or, or something, well, then it feels like he doesn't really trust her either. Yeah. And the whole exercise is, is moot because mm-hmm. you're just giving her busy work to see if she'll obey you. Which is not the same as trusting her. Yeah. yeah. And so that that whole segment just and, and and don't get me wrong, I don't know how you write that. I don't know how you come up with a satisfactory thing. I, I think that's why that particular run of the series, you know, we were kept very off balance with it. Because honestly, I'm not sure Moffat knew how to do it either. Yeah. Yeah. How do you build this up to a satisfactory resolution where, you know, this absolutely evil character is given some leash but not that much without, you know, flipping the table and then you get to the end and okay, well, it has a satisfactory ending in that case, but we didn't get to see the mechanics of how it worked. This is a chance to open it up and look at the mechanics of it and suddenly realize, oh, I didn't need to see the mechanics of that because (laughs) it it really kind of ruins the illusion there. So as much as I loved the first part, I can't say I was that disappointed in the last, but it really just kind of was like, yeah, it ends how it kind of needs to, and, and and it ends. And thank goodness it was only four parts as opposed to a whole lot more padding and running about in the middle that we didn't need. Because well, it could have been far worse. But I also I wonder,
0: it- had they gotten a six-issue run, if they would have developed a more of a story rather than just go, well, we only have four issues, so let's just make it fun and fanny.
2: Maybe, but I, I, feel like the danger with that is, is falls back to the key to time. The very fact that you have announced that's your MacGuffin, it's either a MacGuffin or it's a retread and you know, I mean, it's been done technically twice, what, twice, three yeah. times now, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, for this all powerful artifact that is never meant to be assembled and oh, well, we just happen to have an instance here where we need you to assemble it. And that happens several times throughout your, your one doctor's lifetime. <laughs> and of course I'm speaking within the confines of all those regenerations. Right, right. Um, you, you, you can't bring something like that back into play without a very big epic story to go along with it. It demands that kind of attention. And I don't think you could tell that story in six parts with all of the moving, framework of multiple masters and and what's going on there i think you would need uh, eight or possibly even a full year go 12 issues with it and then yeah you could probably get into it um you know they did it on tv in six parts but well we had a couple of six parters in there or just the one even still they were more than one episode apiece exactly i mean there there were still multiple parts to it so that to me is the danger. There is that if, if, if you 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 either have to do it or don't do it. And I kind of wish they'd have just shied away from it altogether. Well, I mean, admittedly, you needed, yeah, you, I, need, you needed a lure. Yeah, you need you needed a bait. But I see to I get th- him out of storm cage.
0: I think that that's the the key. The key should the key of time. Key to time should have only been the. It should have been a perceived bait, and then they should have went somewhere else with it. You know what I mean? They should have had a different story. Something else to resolve that—that's just a ruse in order to to entice him and get him on board, and then yeah, see
2: that would have been wonderful if they you know oh it's the key to time and he gets all excited and you get out of storm cage and then it's like yeah oh, well, are after that are you nuts
0: and that's what I mean about that's what I mean about um, if they'd give him maybe six issues as opposed to four maybe they could have done that use the key as the okay. bait and then you know went off and did something different and original and given us a little more meat to the story rather than the fluff that we got
2: yeah that performs both duties then because you get the fan service with the name drop and then you get the rug pulled out from under. it's like no we're not gonna do that
1: (laughs) they also could have just cut down the escape issue and still kept the whole issue of fan service of the back history of you know Visiting the master's timeline, and giving us more plot instead of spending so long to escape out of storm cage, you could easily cut to a and they escaped easily, easy, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I could easily believe that two masters could escape storm cage, no problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, I. Mm-hmm.
1: Considering how easy
2: River does it all the time. That's just it. It's not an issue. Storm Cage is meant to be. Considering one has a TARDIS. (laughs) You know, it's meant to be this big, impenetrable, nobody escapes from Storm Cage. And the fact that River does it on a weekly basis is kind of a ha ha ha, isn't she special? And yeah, well, the master and two of them should admittedly also have no problem. But the fact that they entrust the master to Storm Cage, I think does say something for the defensive capabilities of the system and and, you know its ability to keep people locked up and i don't know that i wanted it to be that easy
0: keep keep in mind though that this is delgado's master and he didn't spend much time in storm cage at any point because we saw him at various points in the third doctor's time so Obviously, he got out after Missy had broken him out once. He got out again <laughs> and, yeah, and true. was able to return and, and, and play foil to the doctor some more. So I don't think Storm Cage held him for long anyway, even, by, even without Missy's help.
2: Well, and Delgado was such a master of, uh, I, I heard it described once to describe Hannibal Lecter. They said, you've heard the expression poetry in motion, and Hannibal Lecter is poetry at rest. Because there's something very still fluid about the way that he doesn't move. Yeah. And I kind of have always, ever since I heard that, when we go back and watch a third doctor story, anytime Delgado's in jail, that's what springs to mind. I genuinely kind of believe that if he's locked up somewhere, it's because he wants to be. I don't really care what the plot is presenting us with. <laughs> he He just exudes that yeah, I need a break and I'm going to sit here and read my book and do my thing and plot a little bit. And is it Tuesday yet? Nope. Can't escape yet. Okay. You know, he just, I don't know. He he gives off that vibe. So I didn't mind it. I also, because we gave the first issue such high marks because of how fun and adventurous it was getting out of storm cage. I'm totally okay. Leaving that one alone.
1: Well, but I agree
2: that the rest of it was issue
1: two. Like issue one ends with them in a fight.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. They didn't, they still didn't get out of storm cage. Right. Time. Yeah. yeah. It was too full issues. Yeah,
1: And they almost needed longer issues. I think to probably do the story justice in four parts.
2: So that Felt I could like see. issues were a little
1: quick, but Titan comic issues tend to be a little shorter than like a Marvel.
2: Well, it's funny that we say that fairly frequently and I, I'm, you know, Because in our minds, well, yes, you can just requisition a couple extra pieces of paper, right? (laughs) That's true. It's like television. Hey, I'm dancing. You don't mind if we run five minutes over this week, do you? Not not a big deal. We're just going to, we're going to eat up that commercial slot. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) All right. It was enjoyable. It just kind of fizzled a bit.
0: All right, well, let's move on to our next set of comics because this is actually uh, The 13th Vo- Doctor, Volume 3, um, but it collects, I think, four issues together. Or is it three? I can't remember for sure.
1: Nine through 12.
0: So four issues.
1: Old Friends. In this swashbuckling installment, the Doctor and her fam, Ryan, Yaz, and Graham, get caught up in the escapades of inf- famous rogue time lord the corsair accused of a crime she didn't commit the doctor becomes involved in a daring heist with her old friend in order to retrieve something valuable for the corsair's mysterious benefactor
0: sean
2: i i kind of want to give it a bump bum. but it kind of suffers from the same issues i think really i think this
1: is Ahead above, ahead above, better than the Missy one. Uh, it's, I think,
0: it is. I think it's a head above better than the Missy one, and it complete. It's 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 tons better than the preceding volumes of the Thirteenth Doctor that we've read so far. You guys
1: go first. Ties up that storyline.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like it because we get some of the uh, background of the Corsair, which we haven't seen before. Um, I think there has been other, um, allusions to her anyway, or he or her, they, uh, anyway, in, in material sense Neil Gaiman's story. Um, but was it the doctor's wife? was that? Was that the yeah. 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 So, you know, he, he invented her and then, uh, we got it, We're getting a chance, I think, to explore the character in the comic, um, I think is good. Uh, she comes across as a Captain Jack Sparrow mixed with Han Solo, mixed with uh, Laura Croft. Um, but I I really liked that about her. I think it was, it was, it, it was very neat. I think I love the setup of her setting up the, the doctor uh, and, uh, the the group that's holding the space whale, I can't remember what the name of the species was or the race, but... That uh, was a
1: weird, unpronounceable one. Yeah.
0: um I like the fact that she set her up in order to, you know, lure her in so that she could help her, uh, uh you know, rescue... The, or not rescue. I, yeah, I, I suppose rescue. Um, liberate. <laughs> yeah, liberate. There you go. uh I like the fact that she was duped, and I love the big surprise that with the collector being the one... That she's actually working for, and unknowingly knowing, you know, she doesn't know who he is, obviously. Which that was a relief because I kind of wondered if she was in league with him when when they reveal that it's a collector. But I I like the fact that she just answered a want ad and just had trust in the fact that he was he was going to take it from there and 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 you know free Willie. But uh, I thought that was a neat revelation that it's an earlier version of the of the collect or the the hoarder not the collector the hoarder yeah and uh, i like the fact that we bring back the the two that w- which now i'm actually we had the the the, the 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 scientists that turned turn that turned time agent uh we had them show up in volume two in that story And I think we all agreed that, okay, what are they doing here? It feels like they were very unnecessary. And it was like, oh, we just felt like we wanted, hey, remember these guys. And that's how it very much felt. But now that they have shown up and been part of the resolution of this storyline, it makes sense to me now why the writers, uh, it was a Hauser, decided that she needed to include them as more of a, uh, not just a reminder of who they are, But also it kind of gave us a a, kind of a timestamp. Yeah, it gave us a timestamp because when we're first introduced to them, they're prisoners of the hoarder and they're having to do his bidding. And then when we leave them, they've kind of gone back to their, their, you know, they've been freed, going back to their own life. When we return to him, we find out that now they've been acting as time agents because, you know, they've been through this stuff and they have this experience and all these things so we're given a kind of a footprint of their where where they are where they've been where they are in their life so that when we come here and they're in a much more advanced age and they've been doing this longer and it makes sense that she went to them at an older age so that the collector or the hoarder wouldn't necessarily uh, remember them but it makes more sense now that they showed up in the middle part of this arc and so I'm actually that made that a lot better for me as well uh, A little but oh, bit of
2: timey-wimey. Yeah,
0: and I, so yeah. I absolutely loved it. I love the resolution of it. I like the interaction between the doctor and the corsair. Um, <laughs> I feel like the the fam again gets backseated in this um, for this star, you know, guest star of the week. Which maybe that to its fault that would be the thing that I I didn't like about it is I felt like we didn't get enough of Graham Yaz and 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 uh, Brian, but. I can kind of overlook that but i think i'm also not liking that because of the fact that you know we've already said goodbye to graham and and brian in the uh tv series and so this is a little bit more of them but we're going to presumably be saying bye to yaz especially based on what she said recently in an interview and so I, I want more of these, you know, with, with comics and, and books and things like that, they, they're always going to be new stories about them, but I really kind of feel like, you know, I want more of them. I want I, I'm not ready to say goodbye. And so that, that kind of probably was my biggest struggle with it was the fact that they felt like they were sidelined a little too much in this one, that they didn't get enough to do again at, you know, at the behest of having a guest star of the week.
1: Had it been any guest star other than the Corsair, I would have had a bigger problem with it. <laughs> but because the Corsair was so well-written and pretty much spot-on for how I would have imagined the Corsair to act, um, I was completely okay with them being a backseat because of those things. Of We said goodbye to Ryan and Graham, and we are going to get more yas in the future. So I, I feel like my, my storytelling with Ryan and Graham... completes. I don't necessarily need more stories with them as much as I enjoy them. Um, Because the comics have never really truly done them justice, I never thought. And I'm hoping we'll get more Yaz centered stories in the next season or at least more development for her so she doesn't feel so she's uh, been pushed to the background so i don't feel like i ne- at least right now I don't feel like i need more yes stories in other media too because i'm hopeful that i'll get more so the fact that they are pushed to the background i'm okay with
2: yeah it's definitely a tightrope to walk um you know if you consider okay i have four characters on my crew logically you should look to give each character about 25 percent of the story but the show is not called four people on my crew, it's called Dr. Who. So the doctor's going to get the majority of the time. So even if you trim the doctor down to 50% of the story and 50% for the other three, well, okay, you know, we we can maybe still make that work. They're diminished, but they're still there. Oh, but now we're adding a guest star. Well, that time's got to come from somewhere in order to make it a meaningful appearance. So, okay. We're a little away from here, a little away from here. And before long, you have completely relegated these side characters to nothing but side characters. And it's very frustrating. And it's one of the things that continues to bother me about the fifth Doctor's era. It's just that crowded TARDIS syndrome. And so I come into the comics not necessarily expecting somebody will have come up with a magic solution to that. But I continue to hope that (laughs) this will finally be the one that so-and-so doesn't feel sidelined. Because it's almost to the point of Write them out of the story. I mean, if you really can't think of something to do with them, oh, I left them on Planet X and they're on holiday. They deserve a break. And then you go have an adventure with the Corsair yourself because they, they genuinely didn't really provide anything. Yaz did initially when the Doctor was locked up, and was kind of acting as both, um, you know, counsel and inquisitor uh, and, on her and behalf
0: and moral compass,
2: and moral compass. <laughs> and then once they were on the run. Yaz had a couple of moments to, to, you know, be involved in the, you know, well, are you okay being a, uh, an ocean's 11 type criminal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm out of my jurisdiction. So I think I'm okay with it. Plus we're, we're, you know, we're doing for the good, you know, it's not like we're just out robbing and thieving. That to me was ripe for exploration. If you're going to go there, let's really go there and give, you know, give you a, a crisis of conscience or something about it. And we could have really explored her character a little bit, even if, if Graham and Ryan continue to be sidelined in favor of her getting the bulk of the story. I'd have been fine with that. And I think she had a potentially very interesting dynamic with the coarse hair because of that if, if Yaz had come down a little harder on her law enforcement side of things and a little less on the, oh, you're fun. So I'm going to let it slide. I'd have been curious to see where that would have gone and where that would have put the doctor, you know, on, on the scale of, well, she's not wrong. You know? So there was, there was all kinds of stuff there that could have happened that didn't. And again, it's a comic. I understand that we've got to hurry up and get to the pretty pictures and the, and the action sequences. So the, the first issue of this opens with this wonderful tease of, oh, well, you're the, obviously the person that stole it because we have this, uh, you know, DNA graphic of two, uh, two hearts. And then, well, can you describe her? Well, you wore a different head. Okay. and the, Oh, she had her hair up like this and everybody had the same thought and coming off of the Missy comic, cause I read these back to back and I went, woo. We get more Missy. I thought awesome. the same. And yeah. I was just hook, line and sinker. I swallowed that bait. No, 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 no. Reel me into the boat. Cause I'm going to go on an adventure with Missy and you get there and here's her ship. I was like, what is that? Okay. That's a different look, but I can totally see Missy in a pirate outfit. That's going to be awesome. Okay. And we get into the bar and there's this woman standing up against the bar and the line is revealed the Corsair. there's my jaw on the floor (laughs) and it suddenly went from being about an eight on my excitement meter to an 11 and a half. I was like, oh, (laughs) now we're on, oh, this is going to be good. Okay. So we dive into, you know, the, the rest of the story and much like the Missy story, the setup was fantastic and then didn't quite deliver. It was fun. I loved how, you know, as you said, Glenn, that she, she's kind of a mix of all these things. I was thinking more along the lines of, well, in some ways she really is kind of like Missy because she's got the, not evil, but morally ambiguous compass, uh, um, and you never knew what she was going to do, but then she also had uh, a bit of river about her, Mm -hmm. uh, because this is somebody that, you know, not only I got, I very much got the sense in this, that the corsair and the doctor may have been more than friends at one point in time in the past
0: uh, maybe, maybe so yeah maybe it's yeah, just I me but that.
2: you know I, I think it was open for interpretation and i'm fine with that it's it's you know the doctor needs some, some some more companionship of that nature in my mind but so so there was that element to it which was kind of wonderful and i think that was probably what was springing the river to mind along with her mm. her kind of carefree mm-hmm, blase mm-hmm. attitude and again that that moral ambiguity about and I liked the fact that she slightly butted heads with the the, the rest of the group um and kind of had that missy routine of uh, your name is uh, your other human, I don't know you, you know okay, fun stuff uh, you know hitches on board the tardis we set up this grand plan that we talk about but then never utilize. I was I I really kind of got on board for the heist movie. You know, I was like, ooh, yeah. okay, yeah, we're gonna break into a vault. Nope. Well, it
0: it happens. It just most of it happens off page.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of a, and then they fight. No, I, I yeah. they escape storm cage. No, I wanted <laughs> to see the the mechanics of how you were gonna do that, and then we get another great reveal of what they're in there to steal: a star well, whale.
0: I, Ooh, let, yeah. let me stop you there because I, since you're kind of progressing through this, let me jump in here. I do like the fact that the doctor, at some point, is is you can tell she's trying to decide if she wants to help the Corsair, if she wants to actually go on this trip, and we have that quick little interlude where she goes to the locker with the, uh, the oh yeah, the cube, and she pulls yeah. it out, and then she remembers the, you know, when she found the cube, uh, on. Uh, House. I, know, was it, I suppose it was a planet. It was an asteroid on the you know, asteroid house, and she, you know, she, we, we, we get that replay in her mind of that kind of flashback to the eleventh Doctor story, and then she puts it away, and then she goes in, and that's mm-hmm. when she starts saying, "So what, you know, what? So what is it? What do you have in mind?" So that was a neat cutaway.
2: It worked well as not only a justification for why the Doctor makes up her mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, be the, you know, I'm going to spend some time with my friend. Right. Regardless of, of, of the outcome of this, because, you know, I may not get the opportunity again. Okay. That's, that's a beautiful sentiment. It, again, brought up a maybe, so is the doctor willing to play with the web of time a little bit? Will the connection between the two of them be so great that at the end of this adventure, she will dock Brown a letter, you know? <laughs> On the night I go back, you die, don't go to house, you know, even though that would have completely altered, you know, her fate. Yeah. You know, the the paradoxes abound. So I, I would have liked a moment of indecision with her grappling with that. Maybe she starts to say something and then reels it back in because she knows she can't. I don't know. I just, it was was a beautiful moment, but I wanted more of it.
0: I wonder if, though, you kind of went that route with your thinking because you initially had the idea that perhaps they had more of a relationship in the past. And so you kind of went there. So the next logical step is that, you know, possibility of of the setting up the paradox, whereas I didn't see that initially until you brought my attention to it. And so I didn't see that being a problem. I, I felt that this was still in the doctor's purview where she could have this moment with somebody and then move on. So I, I can mm. see why you kind of went that direction with your thinking.
2: That's very possible that that's tied in with it. But um, so then we break the Star whale out only to... Oh, everybody got captured off screen and uh, <laughs> we need to leave now and we'll go back and pick them up later, I promise. Okay, so we go and drop the thing off. And, oh, it's the, 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 I keep wanting to call him the collector. Order. <laughs> the hoarder. If I say the collector, it brings up a totally different guy. Right. <laughs> so, oh, it's order. Oh, big. Wow. Okay. That's kind of a cool reveal. I like how this is, you know, we're, we're going to see this and then very neatly wrapped up with the return of the time agents. And I liked that. And then we go back and break them out of prison by oh well, yeah we just again kind of off of screen really have to break them out of prison <laughs> well, they, yeah point. we just she, we just materialize around them and yeah i to say okay, I mean, it,
0: that happened on screen it was the, the the breakout happens technically on page but you're right it was more simplistic than it, than it could have been
2: well, I, and and that's it it's simplistic is probably the word to use Be, everything that happened in this story was i, I don't want to say dumbed down but it was watered down to the point where because we needed those pages to have the Corsair being more flamboyant right, and exciting right. and, and stuff like that. And again, I don't necessarily mind that from the standpoint of if you're going to do the Corsair, do the Corsair. It's kind of right. like bringing Captain Jack back in the in the holiday special if and not, not giving him anything, anything to with, do. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to do it, let's do it. And so they did that part of it right. It just feels like that came at the expense of other things. And I kind of feel like the writer maybe didn't know where to go with the Corsair once she was unleashed. I th- again, I feel like that was a really great ta-da moment that then, oh, well, now I have to make this character do things and
0: yeah, I need a
2: plot. and you I can, know,
0: I can see where you're coming so, from. I didn't have as much so issue, it, but I can see where you're coming from.
2: Now, overall, yes, I liked this run much better than the Missy. And th- and that's saying something cause I really, really liked the Missy initial, you know, really super high on those first co- handful of issues. Um, but I liked this one overall better than Missy. I just feel like it suffers from some of the same problems where it kind of petered out toward the end. Okay.
1: I think a lot of those problems stem from doing a four issue arc instead of a five issue arc. I think on this one specifically, a lot of those complaints you were having, Sean, of where things would happen off camera or things wouldn't delve into anything is because of the timing and the pacing and when Titan switched over to five four issue arcs for everything, I think it's it's kinda suffered the storytelling.
2: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that I, I, again, I don't mind their decision to do it. It certainly makes sense from a publishing standpoint that then you can, you know, squeeze an extra graphic novel out of the year. You do three, four parters and that's what, uh, um, Andrew Cartmel, you know, wound up doing with, uh, uh with his run of the seventh doctor. But then there were also opportunities within that to fudge those numbers a little bit. It was like, well, couldn't we have done a five and five and a two this year? okay well maybe you know okay two
1: standalones you know one off one shots
2: yeah i mean just just something that would have you know or a five however you want to break those 12 issues up is is just if this one needs a little more room to breathe well, stick a one shot on the end of it and you know it'll be six and that way it's still broken up neatly for you however you need to do it i'm i'm fine with that but let the stories be the stories they need to be as opposed to you know th- there's an old adage uh with the the target novelizations that uh, the writers used to joke about that was you write 275 pages and then stop yeah so and sometimes i feel like that's what the comics are doing no
0: and i think you're right but i think also i i have enjoyed the 13th doctor That's what I've liked about the 13th Doctor stories, as they are only four stories. And I think because what they've done is they've tightened up the writing, they've tightened up the story, they've tightened it up so that I know in in the uh, specifically the 10th Doctor and some of the 11th Doctors run, I really kept feeling like they were dragging it out. There was a lot of times that I felt it's so dragged out. And I think you guys are right that that five issues isn't too much. But I think with the four, four, I think the four, four and four has really forced the writer and most of these it's Hauser that's writing them, but has has really forced her to kind of tighten up the writing. And I felt, I I disagree with this one, with anybody saying that this one needed to be longer. I felt the balance was there. Yes, I agree with Sean that there's a lot of off-page things, but I think because of the fact that, as you said, we have to focus on the Corsair and the relationship and things like that, that I think that's where that was done relatively well is that we did that off-page because who needs to see some of that stuff when we can, you know, sacrifice that kind of stuff for more of that interaction uh, between the Doctor of Corsair and also utilize that to our benefit in the comedy of the piece that it, it keeps it light enough when, you know, they're materializing around them and, and Ryan realizes that if they had been, a, you know, a foot shorter that they would have materialized without their heads, Yeah. You know, I just... I, I, I thought the writing was, was tightened up in this one, and the balance was was pretty good. As yeah, far no, I don't as, disagree. As, pacing, it's, it's, as far as pacing.
2: And it's it's one of those things where if you go into it knowing that, you know, we have uh, however many pages, these are 28 pages. Um, okay, well, uh, they're going to have a bar fight. Well, okay, you know, in order to properly portray the action, that's going to be at least two pages. Okay. Oh, then we we've got this, uh, you know, extended heist sequence. Well, okay, that's going to be twenty six of your twenty eight. Okay. Well, then <laughs> we've got the, uh, and you start realizing pretty quickly that in order to properly draw and plot these things out, sacrifices have to be made just because yeah. of the nature of the beast. Now, there's a part of me that, as a comic reader, well, I I kind of want the action. I want the splash page and the, you know. Look at us firing ray guns and doing cool things that you can only do in comics. But then the other part of me is like, no, 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 no. I want the character interaction. I, I don't read these things for just the mindless color. I want the, you know, the doctor brooding over the, the, the message cube and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those kinds of things, which are much quieter. Uh, you know, moments that, yeah, they can be done in smaller amounts, but when you start to know, we're going to do this whole thing with the Corsair and you add more of those moments in, you cut out more of the action and it happens off screen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a balancing act totally for sure. I'm not well, saying that. Uh, and once again, I, 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 I do not besmirch the, uh, the fine people over at Titan because they are, uh, I, I have enjoyed the 13th doctor comics, honestly, better than I've enjoyed the 13th doctor show at this point. <laughs> Um, maybe with a handful of exceptions, I, I, I think the, cause even, I, I don't think we've had a stinker issue of the 13th doctor series yet, but we have had some, some episodes that were pretty ripe. So, so they're, they're, they're doing a, a very good job over there.
0: Yeah. Final and thoughts? And they have the
1: voice of all the characters too. I think, mm-hmm. and then it never felt like any of them didn't sound like the character yeah. they're mm-hmm. supposed to be.
0: It, it's Jodie Hauser that's writing these, right? Am I got that yeah yeah i think, I think so. she i i certainly think she has the the yeah as you said the voice of each of the characters and and i don't uh, there is at no point where i go Oh, that doesn't feel like something that graham would do or that doesn't feel like something the doctor would, at no point in, the, in this entire run of 13 doctor stories have, have i felt that they were out of character
2: she's told you about the running yeah it's her favorite bit <laughs> i uh i have to uh give a line i when when it was revealed to be the Corsair, uh, a line from uh, Count of Monte Cristo leapt immediately into my head, uh, seeing her standing there, which if you guys have not seen the 2000, I think it's 2002, uh, a Kevin Reynolds directed one with uh, Guy Pierce. I cannot recommend it enough. It is such a fantastic film. Uh, but just after Edmund has escaped his imprisonment on the island, he's, he's washed up ashore and he's discovered by a band of pirates. Uh, and, uh, Luigi, the, the pirate King is explaining that, well, you you are, you know, you have the chance to endear yourself to me because we got to, you know, kill this guy because he tried to steal from us and that's Jacopo. And I want uh, you know, I I need to kill him because I've told the crew that, you know, this won't be tolerated, but some of them really want me to show mercy. But if I show mercy, then the other half of the crew will, you know, it's not going to end well, but if I have you do it, you have a chance of, uh, of doing this. And he says, well, how is it? He says, well, we'll watch you and Jacopo fight to the death. If Jacopo wins, we welcome him back to the crew. If you win, I've given Jacopo the chance to live, even if he did not take advantage of it and you can take his place on the boat. And Edmund says, what if I win and don't want to be a smuggler? And Luigi replies, then we cut your throat and we're a bit short-handed. <laughs> and Edmund replies. Then I find that smuggling is the life for me. And I would be delighted to kill your friend, the maggot. (laughs) (laughs) That is the line that the whole exchange ran through my head when the Corsair is standing there, leaning up against the bar, Uh it was like, that's who this person is, (laughs) it it just clicked instantly. Uh And I was thrilled that the rest of her interactions throughout the comic Bore that out. Didn't, didn't let you down. <laughs> nope. It's one of the few times is like reading a book or judging a book by the covers, like, yep. <laughs> N- nailed that one. Uh-huh. So that, that was an added bit of fun for me.
0: Uh-huh. All right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming This ought to be easy. What do we got coming up on the schedule?
2: <laughs> Doctor Who Returns. Uh, 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 alert. New show incoming. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, uh, the show is back next week, uh, on Halloween with the Halloween apocalypse chapter one, uh, or chapter one, the Halloween apocalypse, (laughs) I got got to do it in the right order. And, uh, so we will of course, uh, be continuing our run of, uh, uh, weekly reviews as we go through the new season of Dr. Who, along with a new contest. Um, for those that uh, you know have been following along, uh, you all know that uh, the new season is kind of overall called Doctor Who Flux, and though they spelled it wrong, they kind of missed a trick there. But uh, <laughs> we we uh, once again have teamed up with our friends over at Looney Labs because they have sent us a copy of the Doctor Who Flux game and we thought well what better opportunity to gift this to a lucky listener out there than to uh, you know tie it in with the new season so what we're going to be doing is every episode when we come on we will reveal a keyword and it will be your job as the listener to send us that keyword showing that you listened to the episode uh, uh to one of our social media platforms and we'll give you all the details uh, each week as we go and each entry is an entry to win this uh, this flux game. So you can look for that, and good luck.
0: And, of course, you can continue to follow updates on TriumphandtheVortex.com, and if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that. By becoming a patron and clicking the Patreon link on our uh, site and consider supporting us. And thank you to those who already are. And we have been discussing some options and some ways to give some patron-exclusive content. So I'll be sure to uh, look into that and uh, look forward to that in the future. Also be sure to consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. And make sure you join in the conversation on our listeners' forum. I'm hoping that that uh, will become quite active when the series Starts and people are chatting about the episodes. No spoilers, though, please. No spoilers.
1: Or at least include a spoiler
0: flag. Yes, absolutely. So, until next time, if there's uh, nothing else, until next time, I'm Glenn. Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers.
1: Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening.
0: You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex, Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.